You know that Titanic meme, it's been 84 years. No, how does it go? <laughs> it goes, it's been 84 years. <laughs> I practically feel like that old woman right now. <laughs> well, you look it too. <laughs> well, I'd like to be dropped in the ocean also. <laughs> Get out of here. I will say it does feel like it's been 84 years since our last podcast. Oh yeah, it's been so long. History is starting to repeat itself. Everyone loves Barbie, Fran Drescher's getting tons of news coverage, even ALF is coming back to TV screens. <laughs> well, despite our delay in getting our butts back behind a microphone, we couldn't let this podcast season on TV movies go by without one final episode. We'll be covering some of the big kahunas of made-for-television lore. I'm grabbing my kahunas right now. <laughs> well, I do have to say, after months of watching television movies from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, I can't wait to finally watch some new content. You know, like stuff made in the late 80s. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You do have a hard nothing past 1988 rule in your house, which, you know, explains the poster of Debbie Gibson on your wall. That's true. I just get lost in her eyes. <laughs> oh boy, I bet that came to you out of the blue. Speaking of getting lost, should we start this episode before we lose any more listeners? Indeed. Let's begin. So, Mike, can you believe we've done 10 episodes on made-for-television movies? Yes, I can. But to be honest, I only remember four of them. Four of them? I can only remember two. But do you know what I do remember? Ooh, the 21st night of September? Yes, and our introduction to this show. Welcome to this episode of the Pop Trash Podcast. We're your hosts, and I'm Eric Griggs. And I'm Mike Jones. Each episode, we take a pop topic and trash talk it, but with love, of course. And as Taylor Dane once sang in her number one song, love will lead you back. Someday I just know that love will lead you back to my arms, which I sing to my podcast microphone every time we go three months without recording an episode. <laughs> you know, since I'm an 84-year-old woman, I sing that a little differently. I say, love will break my back. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, we're spending this last episode talking about I said like big kahunas, but they really are like they're the big TV movies that had some massive influence on pop culture, TV ratings, TV schedules, the zeitgeist, so to speak. And it felt kind of like a miss opportunity, uh, a mistake, maybe to not actually spend some time talking about them because they are part of like big history, even if they didn't fit into one of our nicely packaged 10 previous episodes. So you're saying we're going out with a season finale with a bang? Uh, yes, I would say that. Uh, you, um, the pop, Poppenheimer. <laughs> it's the pop trash and Poppenheimer mashup that nobody knew they needed. Out of the big, big TV movies that we're going to talk about today, do you want to start with a bang with The Day After? Yes, I feel like we should start with The Day After, partly because if we end on Nuclear Holocaust, uh, it'll be a real downer of the season. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about The Day After, which was, if I'm not mistaken, the most watched TV movie in history, in 1983. Is that correct, Mike? Yes, uh, you could say that. You could say that basically... 
it stole the airwaves. You could say that it was a ratings blockbuster. You could say it like 10 different ways, but it is essentially the TV movie that by all accounts is the most watched TV movie in history. And do you remember it? You were eight when it came out. I don't remember it. I do remember, you know, the Cold War panic, which pretty much begat this TV movie and why it's in existence. Should we tell people what it's about? No, I don't think so. I think <laughs> they'll, they'll catch on. No, <laughs> I, de- I definitely, you know, to be succinct, I like the IMDb synopsis. They describe it as the effects of a devastating nuclear holocaust on small town residents of eastern Kansas. Yeah, I know. Of all the locations they picked. But I did find out why they placed it in Cowfield, Kansas, or middle of the wherever Kansas. Apparently, it's in like the middlest part of America. And in the arms race scare of nuclear 80s, folks were saying that would be the only place that missiles can't reach. So this TV movie was making the explicit point that like nowhere on Earth (laughs) is unreachable from these massive nuclear bombs that could kill us many times over. And that is basically the day after. And I don't want to bury the lead here, but the day after is not great. This movie was gruesome. It kind of reels you in. The first half hour, hour or whatever, is just kind of, you know, this plodding middle America, small town. You're getting to know the, the, the families, the characters, and they're doing that on purpose because lo and behold... Every single one of those people is going to die. And that is dark. That's dark mm-hmm. for a movie now. But in 83, mm-hmm. whoa. It is particularly bleak. So basically, like, the the movie sets up that there is a nuclear attack. And I, that, you know, I'm so annoyed at George W. Bush because now every time I say that word, I say it like nuclear. Nuclear. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but this movie, it, so it sets up essentially, right, like nuclear catastrophe. And it gets so bleak toward the last, I want to say, like 45 minutes to a so half hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. That TV sponsors, like, ad, like no company took an ad out to the last 30, 40 minutes airs commercial free because they did not want to run their product. Could you imagine like fruit and fiber wanting to run a commercial <laughs> during, you know, oh, this missile goes off. Oh, how many bowls of total does it take? To <laughs> right. It's like, mm, it doesn't matter. We're all going to die. Yeah, exactly. Screw total. I'm eating Lucky Charms now. Basically. <laughs> This is like the type of TV movie genius mm-hmm. that I don't think we see at all today. And when I say genius, I don't mean the dark, like morbid morbidity of it. I mean a TV event that ties so much to like the zeitgeist, the fear, the paranoia, mm-hmm. the threads running through culture that get everybody to watch an event. We just don't have that anymore. Yeah. We don't even have it for TV shows, let alone TV movies. And so to me, this was such like an interesting phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Two weeks after this movie aired, do you know, you might know this, um, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood did a special on nuclear bombs and attack. It was called Conflict. And a bunch of people thought it was in response to this because this took up so much oxygen in pop culture, in news coverage, it basically was an event. Right. But the other phenomenon about this movie that I thought was so wild is they had to create a special 800 number to calm people's nerves down after they watched this. And that is the type of thing where I can't imagine a network 
having the kahunas mm-hmm. <laughs> or the, the whatever else you've been holding all season long <laughs> to do that anymore. It just doesn't yeah. happen. To me, this is such a snapshot in time of something that like drove frenetic attention in culture in a way that we may never get again. Yeah. Before the credits rolled, that they had not a disclaimer, but a statement. Hey, what you just watched was pretty tame. Like if this really happened, it would be a hundred times more horrific, which is crazy, right? It's like, yes, you were, you're going to be completely emotionally scarred from what you just saw. And if you think that's bad. (laughs) (laughs) So, so there's so much of that in here that is like, how did this actually happen? Like, I get that it is super topical that we were all frightened of nuclear war in the 80s. Oh, totally. But like, here's how different a time this was. After this movie aired, there was also a like, a a special news program Mm -hmm. entirely focused on a debate around nuclear weapons, where Carl Sagan, like the right, the esteemed scientist, astronomer, um, debated William Buckley, the conservative thought leader back then, in in essentially like a, a forum to discuss like the use of nuclear weapons. You could not have that today. Could you imagine? Oh my gosh. But it changed the dialogue is I think what you're saying. It aired Thanksgiving week. So it may not have been, which is also kind of odd. um, Nothing like a nice little, (laughs) you know, hey, everybody, we just finished the the pumpkin pie. Let's sit down and watch a move, boy. (laughs) Good thing I had a second piece of pie. Yeah. But like it it was like a water cooler Mm -hmm. effect Mm -hmm. movie where like people chatted about this for a considerably long time after it aired. Looking back now, I can see why this is the definitive most watched TV movie ever. I did want to ask you, if you happen to be one of the, you know, non 100 million plus people who watched this, Mm -hmm. what else might you have watched that night? We always look at what is is uh, uh, up against it. I think that's a very good question. Knowing you, given the choice, you definitely would have not watched the day after you would have watched what was on <laughs> PBS television. Was, was okay. So <laughs> November 23rd, 1983. 1983. Mm, would it have been like an episode of the facts of life? <laughs> no, you have the wrong network for that too. That was NBC. Oh, well, you can kiss my grits. <gasps> oh, was Alice on next to this? Alice oh was on God. opposite. And it was an episode. It was actually, I think, like a two-part episode that I think you would have watched. Vera gets engaged. <laughs> Vera's wedding. <laughs> well, what a what a um, time to be alive. <laughs> but yes, this movie was, uh, CBS had Al- an hour of Alice, then an episode of the Jeffersons, Goodnight Beantown, and then Trapper John MD. And none of them stood really a chance against the day after. Well, I mean, how could you? They were smart to be like, we're going to put comedy on, right? I feel like, yeah, you know, you're going to get this intense drama with an 1-800 number for your anxiety. <laughs> so put some sitcoms on the other channels. Yeah, that's the, that was the way to go if they had any hope. Totally. And then NBC, just so we're, you know, sharing it, basically started a part one of a miniseries on the Kennedys 
called Kennedy, which people did watch. And it starred Martin Sheen and, uh, you know, it, Kelsey Grammer, I think, was in it. It's like one of his early film appearance or early TV appearances. And Alf was, Alf was Alf. not in that. <laughs> 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 Well, if you survived the day after, we're ready to talk about another big made-for-TV movie, and that was 1971's Duel. Let me go back to IMDb for a quick plot synopsis. A business commuter is pursued and terrorized by the malevolent driver of a massive tractor trailer. Sounds like something I'd want to watch for two hours. How about you, Mike? <laughs> you know, I love like a little car chase movie or a, a, a car murder weapon movie. One of my favorite movies, TV movies of all time is uh, Night Terror, mm. it, which I think if you try to Google it now, the, the title is something else. It's like Night Drive or something, but it's Valerie Harper who is stalked by this psychotic person after she sees him murder a highway patrolman. This is like the setup for a very good suspenseful movie. Yeah, that Valerie Harper movie just got a Blu-ray re-release by oh, Kino Lorber. Yeah, just brand new. So I'll have to check that out. But this one, I mean, I think... It has become a cult classic and much more well-known over time because it was an a f- early film directed by Steven Spielberg. Yes. So I think that lends some of the cachet to it. It's shot beautifully. The pacing felt good. Um, but I enjoyed it on the whole. Was it the best movie I've ever seen? No. Um And it's interesting that me watching it now, I hadn't watched it originally, but it reminded me of later movies that were obviously referencing it, like Joyride or Breakdown. And any of those were in peril because of this mystery, menacing thing on the road. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, you can see traces of this throughout all of those. Uh, Like Breakdown is such a interesting like 90s throwback of uh, like a random action movie but definitely pays homage to this totally you are at the mercy of something that is chasing you that is after you that is coming to get you the fear the uncertainty and the idea of people just kind of playing with you messing with you you never really see the truck driver you don't see his face you don't know who he is you don't know why he's doing it i think that was a brilliant choice so i love the fact that like steven spielberg basically approached this from like a lens of and he's quoted as saying this i wanted like an 18 wheeler truck to be godzilla right like to basically have this menacing giant beast in the form of a truck be your source of terror and it's really true like i mean if there's a lead actor emmy here give it to the truck so this is 1971 this is very very like early in tv movie day standards right like the first tv movie was the early 60s um so first decade of tv movies to have something this sophisticated where they really needed to have like a truck driver like essentially like stunts that are typically saved for like big budget movies in a TV movie here. And I think what they do with the truck is actually kind of like, it's pretty interesting. It does manage to feel edgy and ahead of its time. Even though if you watch it now, I think you're going to be like, yeah, this is like every car chase movie I've seen. I think you're right. The, like the truck stunts and everything, but not to spoil it for folks who haven't seen it, but Hey, it's from 1971 when the truck goes over the cliff. I mean, the whole movie, he's been driving a truck that says flammable. I can't wait for the end scene. This truck is just going to explode. And it didn't. 
I watch a lot of 70s TV shows. (laughs) I want to tell you how much I watch 70s TV shows. And my upbringing taught me that when a car goes over a cliff or even down a little bit of a distance, it immediately explodes. It just explodes. That's, That's a law. I think that's a law of physics, right? Am I right? I mean, it's certainly a law of 1970s physics. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Did you know any of the cast members when you watched this? I don't think that's any of your business. No, God. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you and I were sort of like the target mm-hmm. audience for Dennis Weaver. I mean, he was very big in the 50s and, and mm-hmm. did a bunch of television. He was the president of the Screen Actors Guild for a while. Oh, now that you say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess it's like basically he was kind of um, uh, like – the that would, famous you, huh well no you would know this he was you're he, speechless at this amazing role that you're about no, to lay on us I, i'm sure i'm gonna say this name of this tv show you asshole and you're gonna be like oh yeah of course i know that <laughs> you ready for it yeah i'm ready i'm ready mcleod oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's deputy oh, marshal sam mcleod <laughs> yeah that was in rotation in the mystery nbc mystery movie with columbo and um was it Macmillan and wife and all that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, you're you're just speaking Greek to me now. These uh, none of these I know, but yes, I figured you would you would absolutely know McLeod. It's like tailor made for you, pretty much. <laughs> We always talk about when these things aired. This also was a November thing, November 13th, 1971, which again, so day after November, this November, November was a big sweeps thing back in the 70s. Yeah, had to be. So this was fit sort of into that. This was up against a bunch of things like the new Dick Van Dyke show, things like that. that, that nude Dick Van Dyke? That seems very explicit. No, no, not nude. <laughs> new. Oh, <laughs> Talk about a variety show. <laughs> oh, no. Tapping's a bag. <laughs> I did not want to see Dick Van Dyke's chim chim a knee. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm going to diagnose his murder you if you don't stop this. But the one big show it was up against was a massive one. It was the Mary Tyler Moore show, and the episode was, and now sitting in for Ted Baxter. But you know what's funny? And you're going to laugh, but it's like the McLeod. I didn't know there was a new Dick Van Dyke, but I am watching, I just got a DVD of Dick Van Dyke's variety show series called Van Dyke and Company. <laughs> What's the company? Well, no, no one. I have to watch it by myself. <laughs> no one will keep company while I watch that. But I enjoy it. It's, it's kind of like laughing. It's like skits and stuff. But he's not nude in this oh one. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you, you never know. Maybe it's a slow tease. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we wanted to mention those two TV movies the day after, of course, because of its rating success. Duel, because it's Steven Spielberg's, you know, essentially his first film-ish thing and was has now become kind of like a cult classic among TV movies, considered one of the best TV movies ever made. There are obviously, I don't know, 500 bazillion other TV movies out there that we couldn't cover this season. Oh, definitely. And hopefully you'll go back, watch a few and revisit them. 
Thanks for listening to our finale episode. In the meantime, if you want to get your pop trash fix, you can find us on that garbage heap we call social media or read many, many, many pop culture features at poptrashmuseum.com. Well, if you started Titanic at the beginning of this episode, you are now at the part where she drops Eric into the ocean. My heart will go on. (laughs) (laughs) But this podcast season will not. Hmm. Well, that's fun. (laughs) We'll be back soon with season four of the Pop Trash podcast, where we unravel other pop mysteries. Will we learn who shot JR? Or whatever happened to baby Jane? Or what's love got to do with it? Or who are the people in your neighborhood? Or how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll pop? I'm sorry, I'm not taking any more questions at this time. (laughs) Well, you got me there. (laughs) 